heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Football talk. We're going to get to 150 very, very soon, I feel. But anyway, guys, today it's an old classic. Obviously, we'll also have Andy McNamara on this, and then I go over the Patriots round games. But now newly of, I'll actually, you know what? You know what? I'm going to let him say what he's what he's been up to and what he's been doing. We already know who it is. It is Matt Beast. Matt, that's who. Matt, man, it's been a while. Welcome back to YWC Football Talk. Oh, man, it's always fun to be back on YWC Football Talk. And I got to give a shout out to Griff. He kind of got me in on this uh, <clears throat> whole podcasting thing got me more interested in it by, ha- by having me on the show so I always am thankful to him for having me on the show and now I've actually joined a Saints podcast it's a uh, full press Saints or Saints FPC if you want to go and check it out I always tweet out the episodes but it's on all the podcasting platforms you could find uh, out there and um, yeah it, we have some fun over there and if you need any Saints news that's where I'm at now um, over on full press Saints we try to get episodes out weekly and yeah, that's uh, how it's going. But thank you, Griff. No problem, no problem, guys. I'll have a link for the Saints FPC Twitter in the bio for this episode. Um, but now we we are in like the meat and potatoes. I'm gonna call it of this NFL season. You know, like we're not exactly we're just over the halfway point, which I feel like is so sad to say. And even someone said it on a podcast today too. I didn't want to admit it, but they were right. Now that college basketball is coming back, it's like you know the NFL season. It's like the like grit like you know those tiktoks from, from halloween where it's like i always feel like somebody's watching me and it's like the football postseason just slowly starting to watch us as we're already in week 10 yeah i mean time flies when you're having fun it's crazy that it's already week 10 i was just thinking that i'm just like wow it's already a week 10 it's just crazy and th- this is where stuff starts to get interesting as far as uh playoff implications and whatnot so um let's see how these teams go 100%. Also, so I'm just looking at the – so I'm watching the game right now, and the stat lines are just so disgusting. It's like 53 to 17 for the rush yards, and each team is throwing like 60 yards. So, oh, man, this is this is just – I feel like everyone is expecting a Baltimore whooping, but so far we've got a 3-3 football game. Yeah, it's your classic Thursday night game where the strong team comes in and plays down to the competition, and uh, for whatever reason, it's a really close game and an ugly Thursday night game for sure. 100 percent it's just another ugly thursday game hopefully we don't have the next thursday as it's obviously the patriots and the falcons playing on thursday night and then the saints the next two thursdays after that which one of those obviously thanksgiving yep yeah which i was already saying this too the thanksgiving day lineup minus the first game is pretty solid you got vegas and dallas and then you have buffalo and new orleans two games that should be pretty good yeah um I'm kind of scared about that Buffalo New Orleans game myself, but because uh, Saints got a rough couple games coming up, but so uh, definitely gonna be very interesting as a Saints fan to see how some of these games go. Oh, 100%. But anyway, like we Matt and I were talking about earlier today. Um, so obviously Cam Newton's down Carolina. It is what it is. I don't think he's gonna start this week. But the big signing, Andy and I touched on this briefly, but Odell Beckham Jr. taking his talents to Hollywood as he now joins the LA Rams. And I said this, and you'll hear me say this in the Andy segment, but I'll say it again to Matt. 
this team has to make it to the NFC Championship game minimum, or else the season is a disaster. Not even a failure, they, a disaster. They, this team has like literally put all their chips on the table to get uh, to get some kind of success going. It's crazy. Like, I feel like their front office doesn't value draft picks at all. They just it's like an episode of Oprah. You get a draft pick, you get a draft pick. Everyone gets the Rams draft picks because they don't want to hold on to them. They're just going to take all the players. And I mean, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's gonna, you you would think it'd come back to bite them in a couple years, but we'll have to see how that goes. And that'll be interesting to kind of keep tabs on. But I mean, just from all the acquisitions they made over the past couple of years, and this is just another one. And they're always players whenever a big names out there via trade, via free agent, they're always looking to upgrade their team in any way possible. So for that, I will give them props, even though I hate the Rams for just biased reasons, obviously. Um, But yeah, it kind of sucks seeing Odell go to the Rams because, I mean, I I told myself he wasn't going to go to the Saints, but I low-key really wanted him on the Saints because, man, it's... It's rough out here watching who the Saints are throwing to on a weekly basis. It is it is rough, but Odell to the Rams, it makes sense. Um, he wanted to be on a contender, and I don't know if he's going to be able to rehab his value very well on the Rams as far as, like, target shares and whatnot since that is pretty a pretty much kind of stacked offense already. I mean, Cooper Cup's been a legit stud this season. It's crazy, and... I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just see how it plays out, but um, he's he's going to the Rams for now. Exactly. He just wants, like, the Hollywood living. Obviously, look, you get the big payday. You get everything that comes with it. But at the same time, too, you know, it's like I said earlier. They, oh, I was going to say this is a metaphor. They basically have all of the Infinity Stones, and now they just need to snap their fingers. And that's that with them be them in L.A. this coming February, because obviously that's where the Super Bowl is. But look, we still got a long way to go to get there. We don't know exactly how this football team is going to do in the long run, but at the same time, too, I'm not going to be necessarily, like, cheering for them, but if they lose, I'm not. I'm just going to, like, laugh at them, because it's like, guys, look, you did all this work, and you got no result out of it. Oh, if they lose, I'm definitely laughing. You and me can just do an episode where we just laugh for an hour, and it'd be great. I mean, that's how I feel about it because, I mean, they're just one of the teams I just freaking hate. But uh, it it was definitely an interesting saga with Odell Beckham and trying to keep up with it. And the Saints, I I just wish the Saints, the Browns would have traded him because, like, the Saints were trying to trade for him at, at one point. But uh, I guess they didn't want to absorb most of the cap hit, so they just said, here, we'll just release him and let him do what he wants. But uh, he, he's a Ram. It is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's just that's the unfortunate nature of the beast. Like, it is what it is. It, it sucks. But you know what? It's All we can do at this point is just say that the whole, you know, is what it is. Yep, and I mean, it, it's interesting because both of our teams are kind of in on the sweepstakes from all the rumor mills that were out there. So you and me were both kind of probably invested in this. 100% as they show this. Is that Michael Vick on the Fox panel? Is it someone else? I think that's Michael Vick. Yeah. Um, but no, for the most part, man, like, oh. We just got to wait and see how it goes. But anyway, uh, we ready to get into this uh, slate of games? Yes, sir. All right. First up, we got the Bucs visiting the football team. 
Bucks are a nine and a half point favorite coming off the bye and the loss to the New Orleans Saints on Halloween night. A game, Matt, you were at. Yes, I was. It was amazing, man. It was, man, I, I haven't been to a, a, a football game or a Saints game in like a long time. I want to say 2013 was the last game I've been to. So getting to go back to the Dome and last time I'd seen him beat the Falcons, this time I got to see him beat the Tom Brady Bucks. So I'll, uh, whatever reason, whenever I go, it seems like they're beating an NFC South opponent, which is always just icing on the cake. And the way that that game went, it was just crazy. Uh, if you would have told me James Winston tore his ACL and we still would have won, I would have been like, what the heck, how? Like, I don't know. It was crazy. Shout out to Trevor Simeon. He's been he's been looking pretty good. But, yeah, um, Bucks at uh, the football team. What are you thinking about this one? So someone sent me this the other day, and it's pretty true. And, and that's not pretty true. It's a fact. So for spreads. So the football team at home is 0-4 when covering the spread. The Bucks are 0-4 on the road. So, I'm going to give you a spicy meatball. Bucks win, football team cover. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I mean, the Bucks uh, secondary is definitely something that can be attacked, and we know, uh, yeah, and we know um, <clears throat> the quarterback there. He he likes to he likes to chuck it a good bit, I and mean, I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin's always that guy who could do it, and. I, pfft, I don't know. I mean, with the with the football team, I, I just want to see Antonio Gibson do good, but, which is kind of hard to do against Tampa Bay Buccaneers' uh, front seven. Um, Devin White's always all over the field, even though I hate that guy right now because he freaking hurt Jameis Winston. But, uh, but yeah, I got, I got to give props where props is due. The Bucks will probably bounce back after the bye week. Tom Brady's probably been waiting to come in. And, I mean, this is kind of a uh, rematch from the playoff game last season when Heineke kind of showed off and said, hey, I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm making my mark. And uh, he definitely showed that he can make some plays on that Bucks defense. So let's just see how it goes around in round two. 100%. I'm actually sending out a tweet right now saying too many points as it relates to this football game because, folks, I have the uh, Dolphins to cover the spread. That's seven. I believe it jumped to eight points right before kickoff. I just got ruled out. But I said it, too many points because it's only a 3-3 game right now. But for but for this game as a whole, look, I expect the Falcons to do not mine's all over the place. The only <laughs> thing I gotta ask you though is did did Devin White say he was sorry to James Winston about hurting him? I mean, I don't know. I haven't really uh looked in too much to Devin White since that game. I do know after he hurt him, he had a celebration on a play where he was eating the W and uh, a lot of, a lot of saints fans were really mad about that one. They, they felt like it was in foul taste after the injury, but it is what it is. I know a lot of people were hating on Devin white and I mean, he's a former LSU boy. So, you know, that, oh, yeah. uh, you, you know, that um, he definitely did something to cause irate for people to start jumping on him for hating him. But I mean, it is easier to hate someone when they're on the books, but when you're a saints fan, at least. 100%. That's more just me taking a dig at Brian Burns, which we'll get more into later. Um, excuse me. Is this, as it relates to this game, though, it's just it's just such a not good game. But at the same time, too, you know Brady's going to come back and he's going to come out mad. So, like, there's no way that I could pick against. Like, I can't pick against Tom to win. I'm just saying that, though, where I feel like this is a game, you know, where everyone expects the box to go in and blow them out by, like, 40. But in reality, I can see a world where the football team keeps it close. Give me a score of 
27 to 20, like that range. 27 20. I'll go 21 football team, uh, 34 bucks. They're, they're, they're going to, I mean, it's going to look close at first, and then it's going to be actually closer than what the score shows. But at the end of the day, I think the Bucks are going to handily win this game. Exactly. I just think there's a chance that the, I think that there's a chance that the football team covers because, like I said, two bucks are only four on the road when it comes to covering the spread. That's all. Oh yeah. Um, Lions and Steelers. My big question for you is: Do the Lions win by more than eight and a half? The Steelers win by more than eight and a half points, or do they? Is it a little like a little closer comfort? <laughs> Um, if I'm not mistaken, I need to look at the line schedule, see how it's been going. I know they got destroyed by the Eagles uh, not that long ago, which was crazy. I think the Eagles put up like 44 points. Um, the Lions also, have been. They also sorry to cut you off, but they also they almost beat the Ravens. Yeah, they did almost do that. Um, they've kind of been the Lions have been selling their bread lately. Um, and and I mean a lot of people went into the season knowing, hey. The Lions are not going to be um, looking that good. Um, th- that was pretty obvious from the get-go, from the jump. And <clears throat> with a lot of these teams, I think going into playing a team like the Lions, you don't want to be the team that gives up that one W to them. So I think some of these teams are going to play really hard and try to prevent that from happening. And I think the Steelers are going to be able to do that pretty easily. And I would take that eight point uh, if, I, if I was a betting man myself, which I'm not. Uh, so I don't really know as much about the spread and the money lines and stuff as you do, Griff. But as far as taking that eight-point spread, I would definitely do it if I was a betting guy because I feel like the Steelers are just going to roll over the Lions. And I, I don't know when I could see the Lions picking up a W, maybe – something random maybe against the bears maybe i could see the falcons losing in fantastic fashion or maybe something crazy and they beat the cardinals in like december on december 19th i don't know that's always for some reason these winless teams always find a way to beat like a team you definitely don't expect them to beat but yeah um i see pittsburgh handling this one pretty heavily give me 24 to 10 as the final score for this one um, I see the Steelers kind of having a bounce back after what happened Monday night. I'll be honest with you too. I did take the bear. I took the bears to cover the spread. It paid off pretty well for me. But the one thing I'll say is to look, I like, I now say I'm more on for spreads and stuff, especially, I don't know if you listened to the last podcast I had, but it was pure sports. Let's go dolphins. Let's go. Let's go. Go, 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 go. <laughs> they just got a huge play there. Oh man. What a play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now we just need a Gaskin touchdown, and then everything will be right in the world. Oh, man. Another thing about the Steelers, though, I will say, they they almost sold their bread against the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields is making some plays, and it, it was close. It came really close. Very controversial moments in that game. Um but uh, if you're the Steelers, you try, you want to go out and handle your business against the Lions after a game like that. So that's another reason why I think they're going to come out and do their thing. Um, I agree, but I'll say this too, because i, I got to do this, man. I know the Bears lost, but their future, I think, is brighter than people think. Like Justin, like Justin Fields looked like his Ohio State stuff on Monday night. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely had kind of a slowish start 
to getting uh to getting acquainted in the NFL. But he he's slowly coming on, man. And I mean, I knew coming in he was a special kind of talent. It's just uh, trying to get that Bears team around him right. And I mean, hopefully he can start utilizing Allen Robinson some more. I know a lot of people have been kind of disappointed by that. Um, Darnell Mooney's been pretty um, a pr- kind of a bright spot for that offense. And then Cole Komet actually showed up a little bit in that last game too, a lot, a pretty good bit. So yeah, it's just trying to get the stars aligned around Justin Fields. And yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking he could be a pretty good rookie from this class. Oh, hundred percent. I feel like I'm not coming out here saying like, you know, he's going to be uh, like a all pro caliber quarterback, but when it comes to Justin Fields, I think, look, give him the time to develop. Like he's finally catching a stride to where I feel like bears fans are starting to realize. And I may have Tommy back on at some point to go to elaborate on this more. But I feel like with the Bears, their fan base is starting to realize now, hey, let's not worry about 2021. Let's worry about 22. As I see a guy in a Khalil Mack jersey at the Bears at this Dolphins-Ravens game. <laughs> that, that really threw me off. Um, as basically, I think Bears fans are starting to see the long-term picture of it. Oh, yeah, I agree. It's definitely about them building towards their future and not so much this season. I know they were a playoff team last season, but... I mean, you can't expect uh, them to be doing too much. Even though the NFC is really weak right now, um, I don't really see anything from them this season. But it's just kind of looking to the future and using your future assets to build that uh, build that core around Justin Fields. Exactly. Just build, build your core around him. And at the same time, too, I have a bit of a hot take where I can see a world where Matt Gase doesn't get fired. Because if you look at his record, this is his first under 500 season. He's had two eight and eight seasons, and he had one twelve and four season. Yeah, it could definitely happen, and I know probably some Bears fans would probably be very upset at that. Exactly, it's just it's just something I wanted to throw in there. But I think in essence, we all agree that the Lions are uh, that the Lions are not going to win this game. Even though I feel like when the Lions do eventually win a game, they're going to catch us all off guard. So. And I, because like I did this with the Eagles game, I thought the Eagles, like you know, the Lions are going to be the Eagles. The Eagles are going to kill them. I can already see that bear spot being like, you know, either the Lions win or they lose very close. Yeah. But I don't want them coming out here being like, you know, prediction: Lions are going to win this and this, and then they lose. Yeah, I mean, you could call it every week, and at some point, I think you're going to be right because eventually, you think they'd have to get one win. One hundred percent. Well, anyway, Matt, we're on to your game now, buddy. We have the. Saints at the Titans, a rematch from the two, I'm trying to think, week 16 of 2019. I'm going to say this straight up. I think the Saints win this game. I think the Titans had a huge win last week. I feel like this is one of the letdown spots I can see. Like, for example, how the, what's, what are the things I'm trying to think of? Like, how a few weeks ago, you know, the Bengals. The Bengals beat the, uh, the Bengals beat the Ravens huge, losing the Jets. And then you have, like, just other teams doing all these, like, letdown spots and stuff where it's, like, you're expecting them to win. Like, even there was – I'm trying to think of the one from last week that happened. Um, the Saints were definitely a letdown last week. Exactly. I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but, yeah, like, how you guys, you know, you got off to that – you guys obviously had the big win against the Bucs, and then you lose close to the Falcons, which, honestly, I was cheering for the Falcons to blow the lead as Miami takes the lead in this game right here. Um but no, because of the Rams' big win, and I feel like the rallying point behind, you know, Derrick Henry getting hurt and everything like that, and, the, and and no one picking the Saint and the Titans to win. I had the Titans to cover the spread in that game. I didn't think they'd win. I thought they'd cover. But 
I think this is a game where the Saints can go into Nashville and take care of business. I feel like this offense literally, they just have to do the bare minimum to win. And that's that, like, literally that's it. All that's the quarterbacking has to do. Well, defense makes some plays. Quarterback, you know, just don't turn the ball over and do anything stupid, no matter if it's Trevor or if it's Taysom. Yeah, that, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, excuse me. That's the thing about this game. Um, it, it's it's going to be weird because Alvin Kamara hasn't practiced all week so far, which is very scary. And, I mean, if Kamara's out, this offense, oh, my God. It, it, it looks so terrible on paper. And last week, the offense – uh, getting off to a slow start. And that's been a thing with the Saints. They've been getting off to slow starts on offense a lot this season. And it's going to be even harder without Alvin Kamara, which is why I'm glad we did trade for Mark Ingram because we're probably going to need to lean on him. And I could see the Saints going to Taysom Hill this game just for the fact that Alvin Kamara is not going to be on the field and we're going to need someone to be able to make some plays. And you could see Simeon kind of come in and out to make some passes because I think he's a more adept passer than Taysom is. But... We need to generate some kind of offense because, I mean, in the first half of the last game, there was like eight, I want to say it was eight, it was seven or eight drops by wide receivers and tight ends and running backs in that first half against the Falcons, which is just god-awful, and I'm tired of having to sit through sit through this. It's just so bad, the, the wide receiving court. Like, in the offseason, I've said that the Saints need to draft, trade, and sign a wide receiver tight end. It, it just has to happen. They they need multiple bodies in there because I, I can't put up with this. But, yeah, I mean, as far as a prediction goes, if Kamara's not playing, I'm kind of scared. Um, the Titans did look good. Um, I know they have a lot of injuries. I haven't looked at what their injury report looks like for today, which I'm going to try and pull that up real quick. And they did look impressive against the Rams. They looked really good. And I like how you said that they could always have that letdown game after the big game against the Rams, which is very possible. Um, but I just don't know if the Saints could do the bare minimum, which you alluded to, without anybody out there. It's just it's going to have to take some kind of – a remarkable game plan by Sean Payton, who has been doing really good um, this season. It's it's amazing what he's done with this crew to get them to five to three. It's big respect to my guy. But last season or last game, it was the Saints just need to hold off eight or need to hold off Cordell Patterson and Kyle Pitts, and they failed to do that. So I don't know if we're just going to be able to hold off Julio Jones and AJ Brown because. The defense has been looking kind of leaky, and I mean, it's it's a pretty stout defense. You can't run on them at all, which, I mean, the Titans probably aren't worried about running the ball right now with Derrick Henry hurt. Um, and if you want to pass on them, you can, because our pass rush has just not been getting to the quarterback, which could be a problem with Tannehill since he's kind of sneaky. And uh, our cornerbacks have been letting, letting a couple plays go here and there, and I don't know. I, I'm probably going to have to go with the Titans here. Um, I'm going to probably have them winning. I'm going to say a score of like maybe Saints 13, Titans 31. It's probably going to be a bad day, honestly. I, I, I hope I hope they prove me wrong, but I'm feeling very pessimistic about this game. Well, I have the painful look of Miles Gaskin only having me .6 in the fantasy points tonight. 
that is very painful. I, 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 I'm having to start him in two leagues, so I'm right there with you. Painful. Yeah, hopefully he can get some pa- uh, catches or passes thrown his way. You know what? That's all I can hope for. Um, they, anyway, I'm going to go for this game. Give me Saints 27. Give me Titans 23. Oh, I hope you're right, and I'm wrong. <laughs> well, the next game we have, we have the Atlanta Falcons heading to Dallas. They're going to the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys uh, are a nine-point favorite in this game. And you know what? I, I'm not saying the Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys are going to lose this game, but or you know what? I think this is a game where everyone thinks Atlanta may cover. I still think there's a shot of that happening because I know, and you may not like this, I think – Matty Ice is starting to freeze up again, and I know that's something you don't want to hear, but he hasn't looked too, too bad this year so far, and the Falcons are 4-4, four and four, so I think give me the Cowboys to win, but give me the Falcons cover here. Yeah, I could see this. The Falcons are always really good about keeping close, and that's how they always have these miraculous games that they just lose, which I thought they are about to do last week, which would have been amazing, um, but it didn't happen, so I'm not going to dwell on that, but... They always like to play really close to their opponents. And after the week the Cowboys had against the Broncos, I think they're going to try to get back on track with how they've been. But, I mean, this Cowboys offense looks legit. And, I mean, the Falcons' defense did show up last week, but that was against an anemic Saints offense. So I'm not going to put too much stock into that. So I think Dak is going to go out there and do his thing. Cowboys are having a pretty good season so far, man. i got to give props to them. And with a division like theirs, it looks like they're going to be just coasting on to the postseason and just kind of worried about where their seating is going to be at the end of the day. But <clears throat> I could see the cover for sure, as you said, um, just because the Falcons like to play close. And it, it just matters on what the Cowboys are going to do defensively. I mean, if they can lock down one of Kyle Pitts or Cordell Patterson, then it's going to be a tough day for Matt Ryan and the Falcons. But um, as far as a prediction, uh, I'm going to go Cowboys 34, Falcons 24. Give me 35 and 28 that the Cowboys win. I think the Cowboys bounce back and have a much better week. I think last week, we'll get into this later, was a one-week epiphany for them. I feel like, look, every team in every single sport has this all the time where you have a letdown spot, where you lose a game that you're not expected to lose. And we saw it a lot last week. Yeah, definitely. I mean, these teams can go out there and just have a stinker. I mean, it just happens from time to time. Um, and, and, I mean, it, it, it could even be against a good team, and you just don't show up at all. That's just how it works sometimes. And <clears throat> it, it's the NFL. Any, 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 week is, any given week is what they say. Any given Sunday, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, well, anyway, folks, I'm just going to open up the app again just to see what game we got next on the docket. And, oh, we have Cleveland at New England. So for Cleveland at New England, we're going to take it to my conversation with Andy McNamara. WC Football Talk, you know what it is. It is myself, Griff, Andy McNamara here. We're just here to preview Browns versus Patriots, obviously the big game of the weekend, our two teams going at it. And Matt Beast will be here later to go over all the other games with me. But before we start, I just want to send a quick shout out and appreciation as obviously t- today in Canada is Remembrance Day as Andy and I are both Canadian and the States Veterans Day. So just for all the men and women out there who made the ultimate sacrifice, all we can say is thank you. 
Very well said, Griff. Absolutely. Uh, a big thank you to everybody. And I have a, a cousin in the military right now, and everybody knows somebody, either a grandparent, current, whatever, in there, and the service always appreciated and the sacrifice always appreciated. Exactly. I have a friend right now who's serving in the uh, Canadian Navy, so big shout out nice. to Nice. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so now I just wanted to get that out of the way, obviously, because today is November 11th. But we're obviously here, Browns, Patriots, Andy and I. It's usually fantasy talk, but this time we actually get to talk some games. So I'm going to go to the Cleveland side of you first because I'm a good guy. I'm a good host. So <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about your Browns after last week's, well, for lack of a better term, dominating win over the Cincinnati Bengals? I'll say this, man. Baker, like Cleveland fans should just start just if you see Baker Mayfield, just start calling him names, insult him, make him say, you can't do it. Whenever that man's back is pushed up against the wall, he comes out not just swinging, but with knockout blows. You, it was two weeks ago. Everybody crowning the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, they're doing this. And they're scoring points and Joey franchise. And that. then they lose to the Jets. Okay, it's a fluke. Then the Browns put the boots to them and make a statement. I absolutely loved it. I mean, Baker Mayfield, by the way, if that harness isn't in, that dude walking around, Griff, walking around, his shoulder can fall. Imagine the listeners, everyday life. You're walking around, the slightest bit of contact, and your shoulder could fall out of its socket. And then you play quarterback at the highest level in the National Football League. That's a tough dude. So we'll see how the COVID protocols come back with um, Nick Chubb and Demetri Felton, if they can get back in because they were vaccinated. So you have to have two negative tests within 24 hours and no symptoms. So they could play. Um, Donovan's people, Jones, you know, the OBJ drama out to LA, good riddance. Hollywood can have them for all I care. Uh, I think the Browns are in, are in a good spot, but Hey, it is always tough going to Foxborough. Yes, 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 for sure. It is. And the only thing I'll say about the OBJ stuff is if the LA Rams do not at least make it to the NFC championship game, that is a colossal failure of a season, in my opinion. But, um, on to Foxborough, like you said, it's always a tough place to play. The weather on Sunday isn't supposed to be too, too bad. It's not going to be anything like, – I don't think there's any rain in forecast or anything like that. I think it's just supposed to be like a, a typical New England fall day, so that shouldn't okay. be much of a factor. But I'm really interested in more than anything else is how both offensive lines match up against both defensive lines because the Patriots' defensive line has really come on its own this year. Matthew Judon's been playing great, Dev- Devon yeah. Godchow, Christian Barmore, even two guys like Kyle Van Noy, Dante Hightower from the linebackers contributing. And then obviously you've got two absolute dogs, for lack of a better term, in Cleveland with Miles Garrett, with J. Davion Clowney, and even two from the offensive side of the ball from the linemen. You got Wyatt Teller, who's got that well-deserved contract. I believe Joe might not be the right pronunciation, but Benito, Benito, uh, but uh, Joel Batonio, Batonio. Yes. Yeah. So both yeah. of them got extended this week. Uh, Andrew Barry got ahead of that. So it's gonna be interesting to see too. And then obviously, like I, I was saying to you off air with Jack Conklin on uh, questionable as well. And then obviously the COVID situation is a little different. They didn't go and consult Dr. Joe Rogan. So we'll see what happens with all the situation, but all in all, I think this is going to be a very good game and a very game where both sides truly have to scheme their opponent, uh, the opponent right. I'm with you. I'm absolutely with you. Uh, it starts to, you know, that cliche starts at the line of scrimmage. In this case, it's really true. You have one of the best offensive lines in football in the Browns. You mentioned the extensions, the highest paid. Wyatt Teller is one of the only offensive linemen I know that gets on a highlight reel. Dude's a pancake machine. That's a bad dude. There's pictures of him like he like he, he like wrestled an alligator and had it over his shoulder. Wrestled a, wrestled a gator. Like a big one. That's a tough man. 
And he's pancaking people all over the place, clearing the holes, protecting Baker. So what we know is that Bill Belichick, now every coach tries to do it. Every coach, it's not, people. when people say, oh, Belichick tries to take away what a team does best. Every team tries to do that, but Belichick just does it the best. So the best part of the Browns, of course, is the running game. Is that going to be at full power? Is it going to be, uh, you're definitely not having Kareem Hunt, but is it going to be Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson? Is it just going to be Dearness Johnson and a couple of call-ups? That's going to depend on a lot of things, but the goal has to be for the Patriots, take away the run, make Baker Mayfield beat you. And, you know, last week, Baker Mayfield did beat the Bengals. But dare I say, Griff, I don't think it's uh, speaking out of, out of turn. I think Bill Belichick is slightly uh, better coach than Zach Taylor in Cincinnati. Is that fair? Is that, is that, yeah. that a fair statement? You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll let it pass. I'll let it pass. <laughs> a little um, different. Yeah, a little different, but no. Um, and even too, like you have both teams obviously coming off big wins. The Patriots beat the Panthers 24-6, and even too had a much big win against the um, L.A. Chargers two weeks ago in L.A. Obviously, you guys too had that absolute fight of a game on Canadian Thanksgiving that I love yeah. to watch the four o'clock window. But as it pertains to this Sunday, look, like I said, I just trying to remember if I said this on air or not, but this game honestly, I feel like is going to come down to what happens in January because we're it's sad to say, but we're already at that time of the year where Look, we start to realize, too, hey, not, don't think just a little picture in this week and how this game can impact both teams. This game can mm-hmm. have great impacts when you come down to those games in December, January, because for both teams, no matter who wins or loses on Sunday, you can have both coaches go out or both fan bases kind of be like, oh, if only we had won that game against the Patriots in your case. Or yeah. I can go, oh, we, if only we had that Browns game, which I've been saying since ever since the Dolphins did their tailspin. Yeah, and this – this AFC looks real close as far as not just outright wins, but tiebreakers. I think we're going to see a bunch of tiebreakers in the AFC wildcard pitcher this year again, sort of like we did last year a little bit down the stretch. And games like this, remember, it goes division opponents, conference opponents, you know, head-to-head. Like, if it, it could very well come down to a playoff position up from this game. And, and it is important. And what does um, – how did the Browns counter – with uh, on their defensive side for the Patriots and you know let's let's look they're run the backfield Brandon Bolden whoof you know okay nice a nice player uh, I don't think it strikes fear in too many people's hearts having Brandon Bolden back there and Mac Jones so what does defensive coordinator from Cleveland Joe Woods do I hope we see for the first time and it was super effective finally not letting the corners just give that 10-yard cushion, being aggressive at the line, punching your opponent, making them work, not letting them get disrupting routes. That was a sensational effort. And you made the uh, likely rookie of the year in Jamar Chase look like a chump. He had the worst game of his career. He was shut down. Single coverage. Denzel Ward and rookie Greg Newsom. Um, though that type of behavior is going to be needed because where Belichick's going to try to take away the run to make Baker Mayfield throw, you're darn sure the Browns are going to make sure that they want to take away those close passes, make Mac Jones try to extend the ball and really hurry him up and get in his face and, and try to disrupt the rookie. Uh, 100%. Like on both sides too, I'm excited to see how the corner matchups look. I'm like, I'm excited to see how you guys match up against us, how our corners match up against you. Like JC Jacks, Adrian Phillips, obviously two uh, pick sixes in back-to-back weeks. So yeah. I'm not saying it's going to happen this week. I'm just saying, and also too, uh, Denzel Ward, pick six last week against Cincinnati, ran back to the house. 
99 yards, baby. Ooh, it was good. And it, like that was a, a sweet highlight, but I was honestly more impressed with Greg Newsom, uh, the rookie. He went head-to-head all day, single coverage, with Jamar Chase, who had before that had been absolutely unstoppable. And it, it was just a phenomenal effort. One game, but it's what the Browns were hoping for. You have your two first-round cornerbacks on the field together, and that's what you're supposed to do. They look like shutdown corners this week. Can they do it again for a second week? Can they do it against the Pats? Who, let's face it as well, they don't have a quality receiver like a Jamar Chase, like a T. Higgins. Good receivers, not great. How does that play out, though? You know, you got those tight ends, too, you got to worry about, and Hunter Henry and uh, Johnny Smith. I was literally about to say, before we go, because obviously I have to wrap this up quickly, but a matchup I'm excited to see, not even like uh, whoever Hunter Henry goes against, but also, too, you have JOK coming back for you guys on Sunday, it looks like. Uh, we're going to have Trent Brown back for us on the offensive line. So for as banged up as both squads are, this is going to be healthy. And the only thing I can say at the end of the day for this, Andy, is may the best man win. Yes, I think it's going to be – if anybody thinks this is going to be a blowout, uh, I would – I would disagree. I think this is going to be a close, hard-fought game. I bet you it's low scoring. Obviously better for the Browns if they can get up a couple and make New England chase. Uh, but I just kind of feel grip. This has like a 17-13 type of, of deal to it. You know what I mean? Something like that, maybe low 20s, something in that range. I don't see the, any 40 burgers being popped up. Neither, no, honestly, neither do I. I'm not going to say a score just because every time I do it for the Patriots, I always come back to bite me, so I'm not. But I'm going to say if I had to pick the over-under of 46.5, I'm going the under on this because a lot of the Patriot yeah. unders have been hitting this year. This is just going to be a good, gritty football game. It's going to be old-school football that's truly won in the trenches. I think so. I think so. And you get Kevin Stefanski, who was nine years old when Bill Belichick got his first head coaching job in Cleveland. So big age gap there. You got those guys going head to head. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a fun, uh, a fun matchup. I think it's going to be a good one to watch. hundred percent. And Baker Mayfield, if you're listening, I'm not going to say anything bad about you. I'm going to say, I love your progressive commercials. Hope send some good vibes over there. We want yeah, Baker to feel good going into the game. No, no, Baker, you can't do it. You can't do it. No, prove me wrong. <laughs> like I said before, I'm just going to give, and obviously we're on Skype. Let's give a virtual handshake and just say, yes. may the best man win this Sunday. Thank you, brother. Girl. You too, brother. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We'll talk to you later. All right. We'll see you. Well, that was another fun conversation with Andy about the Patriots and the Browns. Obviously, we talked about that little spot there. And Matt, the only thing I got to say to you is, do you have a score prediction for this game? The spread is New England favored by two and a half points. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, I will say Mac Jones, he's been looking like he's uh, been running the ship pretty well. And the Patriots defense has really been coming on. I think they just really had, I think the Saints game was kind of an epiphany where that game just didn't seem close. But uh, for the most part, the Patriots have been playing some good football. And I got to give props to them. I mean, Bill Belichick's always running things well over there. And as far as a score prediction, um, hmm. The Browns looked really good last week. So unfortunately, I'm probably going to have to take the Browns in a close one. I'm going to say something like 24 or 21 Browns. You know what? It's all good. It's all good. Um, I'm just hoping for a good close football game. Now I don't know necessarily what the final score is going to be. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, though. But at the same time, too, I'm still going to ride with my dogs. That's all i got to say. Um, next game up, Bills at Jets. I'm simply putting this right here. Josh Allen doesn't lose back-to-back. Give me the Bills. 
I don't even care what the spread is. I'm sorry, Danny. Bills are winning this football game. Like I said before, the Bills do not lose back-to-back. Over, under, Mike White throws two interceptions. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go <laughs> under for that one. I think, look, Mike, like, because Mike White's the same kind of thing. As long as he doesn't screw up, they'll be fine. I'm more worried about how the Jets' defense looks against the Buffalo offense. That obviously is going to be coming out firing on all cylinders. Like, you know this Buffalo offense, they're going to be coming out haunting for blood because they could get, and sorry for my language, they could get fuck all done last week. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a huge letdown against the Jaguars. No one saw that coming. Um, I wonder how many uh, remaining Survivor Leagues got destroyed, or Survivor picks got uh, destroyed after that game. My girlfriends. Uh, oh, dang. Real. <laughs> well, I mean, just as easy as you picked it, I got the Bills. And uh, I'd probably have them winning... Something probably like 31 to 17 or something like that. I mean, I don't think it's going to be too close. Sorry, Danny. But, uh, yeah, um, I think, like you said, the Bills are definitely going to be looking to try to fire on all cylinders after such a bad game like that. And they they got a game where they could try and get right, and that's going to be very important for them because they're at 5-3. and three, And, I mean, they're right there um, with with you guys, the Pats. I mean, it's a, it's a close race right now, which is crazy. Um so they, they definitely got to keep pace right now. Exactly, exactly. And as for the final score here, give me 45 to 10. I'm sorry, but look, I just expect, I expect the Bills to come out firing this weekend. Firing. Oh, They're going to circle the wagons. Um, oh. The only thing I'm going to say, too, about that survival, so I'm in the same league. It's like everyone my family's in it. And my so my sister got knocked out against the Bengals-Ravens game. My dad got knocked out in the Bengals-Jets game. My mom got Raiden, Raiders and Giants, and I got knocked out because of the Dallas Cowboys last week. Gotta love it. <laughs> My only other wrong pick was the Saints. Okay, gotcha. Against the Giants. That was the game. I was so I was so hard on the Giants, that the Saints that week, to cover that, like, seven and a half points, for especially because that was the first game back in the Dome. With fans, like, Giants were depleted, and then the Giants lose in overtime. That cost me a strike. It cost me the spread. That cost me money line. I lost a lot of money that week. I mean, it was, like I alluded to earlier, the Saints defense likes to be leaky at times and give up big plays, which is definitely a problem, and that's why we lost that game. You know what? Everyone loses games here and there. Well, anyway, next game up, Jags and Colts is a game that I expect to be just – not I, I expect this to be an ugly game yeah i'm not looking uh forward to it too much but uh the only thing i really care about with the colts is uh <laughs> and anything we always got to mention them uh podcast boy michael Pittman. yes he's been, sir he's been playing really good man i'm so excited like he's he's been really good i'm excited about it and in my dynasty league i think i traded uh I, I traded Todd Gurley for Michael Pittman and uh, Brian Edwards sometime last season. So that's looking good for me. Um, but, yeah, as as far as this game, it's probably going to be pretty ugly. Uh, the Jaguars had an ugly ugly win last week, 9-6, to six, I think was the final score on that one, uh, with big old Josh Allen taking advantage of Josh Allen. Man, Twitter had a fun day with that one. The whole internet, the whole sports sports world had a fun day with that, with how well Josh Allen was taking advantage of Josh Allen. It's it's just fun to say. 
But but yeah, I think the Jaguars are going to come down to earth a little bit here, and I think the Colts are just going to kind of cruise on this. Uh, I see their spreads like ten and a half points. Uh, I think that's probably kind of a close one to take. Maybe um, I'd probably take it if I was a betting guy. So I'd probably say Colts. We'll say twenty four uh, thirteen. You know what? I was thinking the exact same score. I'm not even going to lie. They cover the spread, but they still win, but the under hits. Oh, yeah. Um, great minds think alike. That's all I got to say on that one. Yes, sir. Uh, that actually brings us to the end of the uh, 1 o'clock window as we now move on to the the Vikings at the Chargers. Give, give me, give me the Chargers. I, I, I just The Vikings are broken, and we don't know what's wrong with them. I think, look, the Chargers are a team. They had a couple hiccups. Obviously, they lost. They got killed by the Ravens. They they got they Justin Herbert's two worst career starts are against New England, and then last week they rebounded and won the game against Philly. But when it comes to them against Minnesota, I just see it as like Minnesota's like like I said, they're broken and we don't know what's wrong. Like one week it's like the defense plays bad, one week the offense plays bad. They just can't play consistent football in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty big game for both teams, so that way they can kind of keep pace in their playoff hunts. I mean, the Chargers are looking pretty good as far as in their division, um, due to the Chiefs kind of falling off. But, I mean, the Chiefs are right there with them now, um, both sitting at five wins. And then the Vikings, they definitely got to start trying to pick up so that way they can try to stay inside the wild card race. But... Um, it's going to be a tough game for them to win. They definitely have had their issues, like you alluded to there. And, I mean, their offense still looks nice. I mean, Justin Jefferson still Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's good. Um, Dalvin Cook, of course. Of course, he has some issues going on, which uh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard the whole story, so I'm not going to really comment on that. But with uh, the Chargers and Vikings here, and as far as the game goes, um, it's going to be in SoFi, I think. Uh, and, and I mean, that's not really a huge deal uh, coming from Chargers, which I feel bad for the Chargers. I, they, I hope they get, I hope they eventually establish like a good fan base and get a pretty good crowd rocking because they got a good team. They definitely do have a good team, and they have a really young star quarterback there in Justin Herbert. I love the guy. Um, I have him in my Superflex league along with Patrick Mahomes, so of course I love the guy. Um, <clears throat> and anyways, as far as the game, as far as the prediction goes, I think it's going to be really close because both these teams are going to be fighting real hard. So I think the three-point spread makes sense here. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Chargers to win uh, 34 to 31. You know what? You know what? I, I, I like the clip. I like the uh, score prediction. Um, give me 28 to 24 Chargers win. Yep. There you go. Just a good back and forth football game, but not too too many points. Gas and uh, gas gets held up. He's gonna touch down for everybody. Uh, next up, we have Panthers visiting the Cardinals, and Brian Burns is a bitch. <laughs> um, like, I'm sorry, I gotta go off the tangent on this for a second. Oh yeah, that's fine. I don't like the guy gives our top two running backs concussions. And he expects an apology for a play where he got his ankle rolled when he was trying to get out of it. I'm sorry. This is the NFL. What are we supposed to do every time you sack a quarterback? Are you supposed to go like, I'm so sorry? Like, no. It's like, 
play some sports. The NFL, you play football. This is a mean, physical, violent sport. Don't go apologizing for what you do. Now I understand, look, what Mac did, was it right? No. Was it dirty? Yes. But at the same time, too, it's not like Brian Burns, like, completely messed up his ankle to the point where, you know, where he's out for the season. If that had happened, I'd understand him wanting an apology. But he just rolled his ankle a bit. It's not that big of a deal. I feel like – and then even, too, for him basically saying, oh, happy hunting to, like – he posted – I don't know if you saw it, but he posted something on the – apparently it was a defensive lineman Reddit for NFL defensive linemen. And he posted basically about happy hunting on there. And he posted, posted like, an old-time, like, sheriff-wanted photo of Mac. And as Jacoby Brissett gets, like, completely – Walloped and I, his knee is hurt. Oh no! Oh, he's hurt. Are you watching the game or no? Yeah, I got it on. Yeah, he's in a lot of pain right now. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Tua might come in and actually play today. All right, Tua's got his helmet on. He's getting ready. Um, and also, I'm not trying to say Brian Burns is a bitch in this bad. Like he's a great football player, but it's just like this whole attitude thing. I'm just that's where I'm just like, you can't do that if you're a, if you're in, a, in the NFL. No, not at all. And I mean. <clears throat> When I saw the clip on Twitter, I was pretty surprised to see uh, Mac Jones actually do something like that. It doesn't seem something that would fit his personality. It was very – I didn't know what to think about it. And it's definitely not a good look for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Brian Burns actually went out there and caused concussions for the other two players and him expecting an apology for it, like you said, if it was like a really bad injury, then, yeah, I can understand. But it is what it is at the end of the day. Um, as far as the actual game goes, of course, we know Cam Newton came back to the Panthers. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. I don't think that's really going to help him too much. Um, I mean, I mean, Cam Newton did just fine on the Patriots. Not like he like blew up the stat boards or anything. And he kind of, uh, coasted them along a little bit here and there. Um, so maybe he, he'll be able to kind of coast the Panthers along and the Panthers are trying to keep pace after they had the hot start to the season they've kind of fallen to the wayside but we'll see if uh cam newton can keep it up uh they definitely do have better receiving options on the panthers than when uh he used to be on there because it's pretty much just the greg olsen show and sometimes devin funches uh they had steve smith as well um for a while but i think dj moore robbie anderson terrace marshall and Christian McCaffrey should be back soon-ish. Um, so he definitely has some weapons there. Um, I, I'd probably say a little bit better than what the weapons he had on the Patriots last season. And I think I think you would agree that's a fair thing to say. Um, it, it is fair, but um, McCaffrey did play on Sunday. He he didn't look like himself. Like I, I, Sam Donald's just not that guy. But with the... Uh, with this Carolina Panthers team, I feel like Newton's being brought in for the year, but I feel like it is a tryout for him because I feel like if long-term the Panthers realize, hey, look, he's he's back to the can we knew before COVID, like before, obviously, when he got released and when he was playing good, I think there's a chance that they keep him and stay. And, and I also saw, too, like him and Matt Rule buried the hatchet and stuff. Him and David Tepper talked. Uh, I think Scott Fitter is the GM there. But for the most part, I think it's just, look, you're going to see Sam Darnold on a brand-new football team come 2022. I just think, look, like you said, they had their first three games. They had the game against the Jets, the Texans, and then they had the, what I like to call, the blip in the radar against you guys where they won huge. But for the most yeah. part, we'll just have to look like, because that's the thing, too. Divisional football is so unpredictable. But we'll have to wait and see what ultimately happens, because I think P.J. Walker is going to start this game. And for that, 
I'm going to go with the Cardinals because I think, look, it's easy money. Even with Kyler Murray hurt, we see what this Cardinals team is capable of doing. Yeah, I agree. And I was checking that out, man. The Cardinals impressed the hell out of me with that win last week. I mean, missing Kyler Murray, missing DeAndre Hopkins. They went out there with Colt McCoy and Christian Kirk stepped up. James Conner's been looking good. It's just very promising for the the Cardinals franchise to go out there and look that good with uh, the injuries they had. And, I mean, it it could always come back to bite them, but, I mean, I think with P.J. Walker as a starter, because I think it's a pretty – it'll be pretty hard for Cam to come in and just start. I mean, today's, what, Thursday, and then that's only, what, Friday, Saturday. Only three days away, so that'd be pretty hard, but pretty interesting if it happens. But it's going to probably be P.J. Walker out there, but – um, Kyler Murray's probably going to be out again. Um, they're probably going to use this as a rest game because they probably think they can win it, which they probably should. And especially after the way they looked against the 49ers last week. And um, the main thing is just going to be trying to keep the Panthers defense at bay. But I think they're going to handle this because Cliff Kingsbury has got a good offense going there. And yeah, um, as far as maybe a score prediction, uh, I'll go Cardinals. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit closer but than maybe the spread. But I'll say uh, 27-20 or something like that. Give me 31-20 for the uh, for the Cardinals to win. Sounds good. And it looks like Jacoby Brissett is uh, good to go. I just saw him doing so. He was just doing some, I guess, sprints on the side and then some of the quarterback draws, like when they get out of the pocket and then they set up their formation before they're able to throw. So, it looks like he is going to stay. Uh, Lamar, what the hell was that? He was just faking around out there. It looked like he was seeing ghosts. Shout out to Sam Darnold. And also, whoever the lineman is that wears 15, that is weird. I'm sorry. Like, a new single digits is okay. 15 for me is just a weird lineman number. Dude, I don't know how I feel about this, uh, the role chains this past season where these uh, players can wear all different kinds of jerseys. It's just weird to me i'm used to seeing a certain kind of number on a certain kind of player so like for instance quan alexander wears five for us so whenever i see him out on the field wearing five i'm just like what the heck it just it's just weird i mean it'll it'll take some getting used to um it's just it's just different it's weird and i mean i know college is like that but it's just weird i don't know what i don't know what else to say about it oh wow that was close yes it is and, uh, yeah, so I think for this game as a whole, we're just on the uh, – we're both on the Arizona Cardinals hard. And I was trying to find the right video for this next one. Oh, yes, I got it right here. So I don't know if Matt's going to be able to hear the audio. But the next game is the Eagles at the Broncos. And I have my winner already selected through a simple song. You may hear it. You may not. If you don't, I apologize. That's right, folks. I'm going with the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. Look, this is a this is a spot where I feel like everyone's going to be on the Denver Broncos hard, considering what they did last week. Oh, Tua's coming in. Mm. Oh, we got we got Tua. But um, what I was going to say was the reason why I played the song. If you heard it, you heard it. But I'm going with the Eagles because I expect the Denver Broncos. Like I said, everyone's going to be betting them hard, thinking, you know what? They did it to the Cowboys. They're going to kill the Eagles. I just I just don't see it that way. I think this is a game where the, the, the Broncos are going to let a lot of people down. 
Man, you know, I mean, I could definitely see that. Um, Because we definitely experienced it the last, especially last week with all these letdown performances. And, um, and, and as you said, the theme of it was these teams go out and have these big performances like the Broncos did against the Cowboys and had this game you didn't expect to see. And it just happened for the Broncos in the way they would like it to. But as far as um, this game goes, I could definitely kind of see that. That'd be a hell of an upset. But uh, you never know. I mean, um, Jalen Hurts might do just enough where he's running around. Um, making plays with his legs Uh, he's been definitely good about that he's been a good fantasy quarterback this season Um, feeding Devontae Smith um, it it would definitely be an interesting thing to see Um, and you know what Uh, I'll probably stick on that with you you know what we'll we'll both ride it since we'll, we'll see if the Broncos have a come down performance and if the Broncos can go out there and handle business uh like they probably should even though it's only a 2.5 on the spread so it's not like vegas is like crazy about them uh doing too much on them either but um i'll go with the eagles too but i'll I'll probably keep it a close game maybe like 24 23 eagles or 24 or 27 24 you know i like that too because the over the over under for this game is only 45 and a half i like the over in this game of the eagles broncos give me like same score i'm gonna go 27 24 for the eagles I think this is game. This, this is one on a field goal, and that's that. Uh, next up, Seahawks at Packers. I'm going to say this right now. I'll give my winner in a minute, but the over is 49 and a half. Give me the under. Hmm. It's supposed to be a really bad weather day in Green Bay. Apparently, it's supposed to be like, you know, classic Green Bay snowy, snowy football in the middle of November. Yeah, I mean, uh, do we know if Aaron Rodgers is playing for sure yet or not? We don't know, but we'll figure that out, I think, on – we probably won't know until Saturday. I'm just pulling the official forecast. Yeah, Sunday, it's supposed to be, like – it's supposed to be, like, snowing throughout the morning, and then it gets a little warmer, but it's going to be – at kickoff, it's going to be a high of 38 degrees Fahrenheit. Hmm. Well – I mean, both of these teams are definitely no stranger to that, so that's fine for them. Um, as far as this game, it, it all depends on if Aaron Rodgers is playing or not. Um, until he actually shows up and is playing, uh, I, I assume they're not going to do that well. The game did not look good for them last uh, the last time they came out there. Jordan Love, he, he just kind of was kind of meh. Uh, wasn't a very entertaining game by him. I, I wish he was able to feed my boy Devontae Adams a little bit more, but it didn't happen that way. So it is what it is at this point. But um, Russell Wilson's coming back, and they definitely have a lot of work to do to try and catch up. And I think they're. I think at the end of the day, I think the Seahawks, the NFC uh, wild card race is so down that I think the Seahawks are definitely. They're probably going to get into the playoffs. Um, they just can't afford to really drop too many games because uh, I, I think you could probably get into the playoffs in the NFC at nine wins very comfortably. I, I think that's a pretty comfortable assumption to make. So, um, and, and I think it's going to start here. I think the I think the Seahawks are going to go in and they're going to beat the Packers and they're going to run the ball and they're going to utilize DK Metcalf. And it would have been interesting if Russ and these, these are two teams that. Uh, Odell was kind of looking at too, and um, 
it'll be interesting to see uh, how this game goes. If Aaron Rodgers comes back, it'll probably be a uh, much closer game. But my assumption is right now that Aaron Rodgers is not playing. So I will say without Aaron Rodgers, the Seahawks will win uh, 27 to 10. And if Aaron Rodgers is playing, the Seahawks will win 27 to 21 or something. 27, 24, actually. I'm sticking to 24 to 21. I feel like. We, I think we would would have heard by now if Rodgers doesn't isn't going to play it, or if anything, it might not come down the wire until say like late late Saturday night. But I feel like at this point, I feel like assume he is going to play. So just take with that what you will. But I just see this game as like. Also, I'll say this too. Green Bay, if Aaron Rodgers plays last week, they kill the Chiefs. The way Kansas City looked. Like, yeah, I'm going to say that. But the other thing I'll say about this game is though. I just see a world where, look, Russell, he's not exactly 100%. Um, you also, too, have uh, Aaron Rodgers. You don't know what to expect. I feel like everyone's going to come out and be like, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's fine. But in reality, is he? Because with COVID and everything like that. Like, look at Cam Newton last year after COVID. He was making all the little mistakes. And everyone's like, oh, but surely that's not Rodgers. I'm just saying, look, don't come back thinking it's going to be MVP Aaron Rodgers all over again, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, especially if he's not able to get into the practice facility to kind of practice, get ready for the game plan, because that can kind of throw you off if, he, if you're just going in there kind of cold. And I, and I know if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he just won't be at the top of his game. Well, if anyway, if we do lose, uh, if we uh, if the, if we do lose, Alex Larson can blame us. How about that? <laughs> yeah, there you go. We we can give him an excuse. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Um, also, too, I'm really glad I got a load of the eliminator last week because I would have taken this game tonight because I thought Baltimore would have beat Miami. Like I had Baltimore to win, but Miami to cover. But I did not see this sloppy shit show of a game. Um, Sunday nighter right here. Chiefs and uh, Raiders. The Chiefs are favored by two and a half points. But Matt, in the last twenty games. The Chiefs are four and sixteen against the spread, and they're two and seven this year so far. Give me the, give me that. Wait, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Give me the Raiders to win this football game. I know they've been going through a lot, and I know I had the very tough podcast I had to do last Thursday where we all talked about the Henry Rugg situation. But and also too, I'm saying this right now. If you need someone to streamline, go get yourself Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could pan out because, I mean, unfortunately, Brian Edwards doesn't seem like he's really panning out right now. Um, and Deshaun Jackson could give them an element of that offense that they need to kind of strike and kind of replace a little bit of what Henry Ruggs did for them. Um, as far as this game goes with the Chiefs and the Raiders, I'm probably going to I'm gonna go against your prediction on this one. I think the Chiefs are going to try to start getting rolling now. Um they definitely got to try and submit themselves as one of the higher teams in the AFC, which, I mean, uh, looking at it all, I mean, it's definitely doable. I mean, the Titans right now, I think they're in first place after their uh, big win that they had. They're, they're sitting at seven wins. Um, so I think, I think it's something that could be doable. Um, so I think the Chiefs are going to have to – they're going to have to take care of business against the Raiders here. 
and try to start streamlining their approach to this season. And we'll just see how that goes. 100%. It's just with this one, look, until the Chiefs start actually consistently covering a spread, I'm always going to pick against them. Like, I'm in a spread pool, and I literally, like, I looked at my dad multiple weeks, and I said, do not pick them to cover. He picks them to cover. I've told him, no, the only two teams they've covered against were the football team and the Eagles. The only two. Yeah, that, that is true, and it, it could definitely be a close game. Um, and uh, as you said, the history with them is not not very good as far as taking spread-wise, but... Um, 34-31 Raiders. 34-31 Raiders. Um, I like that score, actually. I like it a lot. But I'm going to say 37-34 uh, Chiefs. All right. And then last but not least, Matt, we've got – actually, before we get to the last game, folks, I just got a shout-out. Um, obviously, you know, we have a new uh, – It. you know what? It, they're basically – I have a partnership. It's not a sponsorship yet. It's a partnership on Instagram. You've seen them before. I'm going to pull up their IG now just to get everything in line. Sideline.shop for all your jersey needs. If you want NBA, if you want, your, if you want soccer, like European football, NFL – They've got it all. So on Instagram, look them up at sideline.shop. Send them a DM. They also do carry baseball and hockey. So they have all the big, they do have all the sports, all the five major sports in the world, or at least in North America. So for all your jersey needs, guys, hit them up on Instagram at sideline.shop. Well, anyway, guys, heading into the, and also to this podcast is always uh, presenting sponsor at the beginning of the show is Anchor. Um, but anyway, guys, last game, saving the best for last. Well, I don't know about best, but with a four-point cover spread that I absolutely love, just give it to me, is the L.A. Rams going up to San Francisco to play the 49ers. And I don't know how you are on this, Matt, but I'm on the train that Kyle Shanahan should be fired or could be fired at the end of this season. Uh, the, the only thing i got to say right now at this specific second is that um, I'm sure Odell Beckham's going to head over to Sideline Shop and get him some Rams gear because he's got to get outfitted for his new team. Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> but uh, obvious uh, plug and segue aside, um, yeah, I could definitely see it. I mean, the 49ers, they've been kind of uh, lackluster for sure. And it, it, one thing that's really hard about the 49ers is trying to predict who their running back is going to be. I mean, they spent – draft capital on Trey Sermon and they just always end up hurt it's crazy and I feel bad for anyone that tries to roster any 49ers running back because it's just a revolving door there it's just always something different and and can George Kittle stay healthy that's another question I have is Brandon Ayuk going to continue to be on the uptick uh and is Debo Samuel going to Okay, just yeah, go, go ahead. Just, go, just ride with Debo Samuel. That's all I have to say. Just ride Debo Samuel for fantasy. Yeah, man. I didn't see Debo Samuel coming out and being this much of a stud this season. That's that's definitely been a surprise. Um, uh, definitely a surprise there. Um, but as far as this game goes, I think the Rams are going to win a close one. Um, I think I see the spreads like four points. I, I could definitely see that. It's probably gonna be really close. Um, so if you want to take the 49ers to cover, I'd be okay with that because, I mean, the 49ers are kind of fighting for their lives right now, sitting at three and five. So they have a lot of ground to cover. But after that game, the Rams had against the Titans, they definitely got to take care of business. And 
keep on keeping on in the NFC. I think they're sitting there. I mean, they're sitting behind the Cardinals, of course, so they're sitting in the wild card race right now. So they got to try and keep pace with the Cardinals. That's definitely what their goal is, because if they're going to make it to the Super Bowl, they need that bye. They need to get to the bye week. And I think that's very important. And I mean, of course, you don't always need the bye. Uh, you could be a wild card team and make it to the Super Bowl. I mean, the freaking Bucks did it last season, even though I hate to talk about that. But uh, uh, the the Rams definitely got to keep pace and keep doing good So um, and bounce back after last week's performance. So I'll take the Rams. Uh, close game, 27-24. God, this game is so sloppy right now. Um, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to say – I'm actually going to say the Rams cover this. Give me the Rams. Give me some 24-17. to 17. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I definitely want to see how this Rams team kind of melds together with all this new pieces. Vaughn Miller, Odell Beckham. And, I mean, Odell Beckham's probably not going to – definitely not playing in this game, but probably the next game. Um, definitely going to be something interesting to see and see if they're going to be able to put it all together. Like we were saying earlier, they've pretty much hedged their bet on this season and maybe the next couple seasons ahead. But – where are they going to be looking like a couple years from now? They don't care. They're just here for the now, the present, and they are trying to push and get that Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl. So we'll see if it happens. Exactly. I like. I just also to the uh, Rams have their bye week next week, so I feel like it'd be a perfect chance to integrate them because the Sunday of Thanksgiving weekend they travel to Lambeau Field to take on the Packers at four in the four twenty five spot, which. That is a spicy meatball to have. Um, but when it comes to this game, I just I can see a pissed off Rams team coming out of the woodwork and you know kind of saying like, "Hey, we're we're not fucking around anymore. We're here. We're ready to kick some ass, and we're uh, we're good to go." Like you know, like they're they're gonna come out and play. I think they're gonna come out with a purpose, but at the same time too. These divisional football games are unpredictable. The one game I do have my eye on for the Rams, though, week 14, they go to Arizona to play the Cardinals on Monday Night Football. I think that game right there is probably for the NFC West at this point. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a really interesting game. And, I mean, the Rams and Cardinals, have they played this season? They haven't played. Yes, they have. The uh, Cardinals beat them. Okay, yeah, they did. I was wondering if it was going to be one of those cases where the two teams – face off back to back uh towards the end of the season because sometimes they like to have those divisional games kind of stacked up at the end there but yeah and i mean so far the rams they definitely have some uh kind of harder games uh on the on tack i mean they got the 49ers game the packers as you alluded to that'll be very interesting then they get the jags that'll be good for them then they got the cardinals seahawks which they're going to be looking really they're gonna be looking to try really hard around that time the seahawks will so that'll that won't be a really easy game for them at all the vikings i think that'll be kind of easy ravens and then 49ers again so they they got some tough games in there so we'll see how it pans out it's gonna be an interesting race between them and the cardinals but as we all talked about before this season started this division is going to be one to watch and it'd probably have three teams into the into the playoffs. And, I mean, the Seahawks could definitely make that a possibility with Russell Wilson coming back. But definitely going to be some interesting football ahead. 100%. But you know what? This is just 
was going to say? This is just another cog into the system. Uh, the NFC, to me, honestly, is open season. Like, you have – I'm still going to say Green Bay. You have – Minnesota's right there, too, even though I think they're three and – they're three and five at the moment, but they're right there. Uh, you have the Saints. You have the Bucks. Even the Falcons are in the mix. And then you have, arguably, all four teams in the NFC West. And then with the East at this point, I'm just – I'm here, and I can confidently say – I think it's just going to be the uh, Dallas Cowboys making the playoffs from that division. I think it's the same thing as every year where only one team makes it. Just the Giants, like, I, it's just a, it's a down year for them. The Eagles are still – the Eagles are obviously in a rebuild, and then the football team is not – they are they, they aren't who we thought they were. Yeah, that's true. Their defense definitely has not really shown up to the potential that everyone thought they would, and – a lot of people were on them, but, I mean, Dak's back in town, and they got the Cowboys looking good, and that defense is definitely looking much improved. 100%. Oh, well, well, folks, you know what? That is going to do it for – I think that's that's going to do it. We I think we covered all the bases and stuff. The only other thing i got to say, too, is that that Dalvin Cook situation is really weird, and I know Adam Schefter got some shit for the way he handled his reporting on it, but we'll figure out what happens. But – Anyway, folks, that's going to do it for episode number 128 of YWC Football Talk. Check out all the social medias. Check everything else out. Guys, I am now on the Book It Sports app that Trent came on here with the other day. It's like Facebook, Twitter, for sports betting, even TikTok elements in there. So I'll be posting my bets there. I will still be posting my bets on TikTok. And also, to maybe Twitter. I also post them on IG. A lot of people have been liking them. So hopefully we finally get a winner this week. I'm on some. i got to do some research. But anyway, guys, too, also – Please go and check out Matt's podcast and anything he does involving FPC Saints. But anyway, Matt, you have any closing words for today? Uh, yeah, you pretty much just covered it right there. Um, definitely keep uh, keep track. If, if you're looking for more Saints news, definitely go follow us on Saints FPC for the Full Press Network Saints podcast. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. and love to have anyone over there checking us out. And I uh, just got to say thank you once again, Griff. It's always a pleasure coming on here and I always enjoy it. No problem. Well, anyway, folks, um, like I said in the Andy segment as well, we're just here and we're very thankful. And we just want to say thank you to all the servicemen and women who either served, served, who are serving, who have served, or who have made the ultimate sacrifice. And also, too, folks, I just want to give an update on Monday's show if you haven't seen it on Twitter by now. But joining me this Monday will be the trust fund benefactor himself. That is right. I had. My wallet is hating me right now, but Jared <laughs> Silberclite is coming back on Monday to recap all of Week 10 as we have our own little version of the Manny Cast as we're going to talk football and react to Saints, uh, Saints, excuse me, to Rams 49ers. But anyway, folks, that's going to do it, and I'll see you Monday night. Good night. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. 
Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, SayTheDamnScore.com.